0: Hi, welcome to Mad Beefs, the Australian Rollerblading Podcast. This is Mikey Lynch, and today we have uh, part four of my interview with Ian Smith, uh, formerly of the Roaches International team. Um, I cut off part three um, after Ian's return to Australia, uh, after his first lot of competitions in America, and this part four is the end of that bit of the interview. Um, picking up on what it was like coming back home, back to regular life, and then to go back overseas uh, for the NIS final uh, in the States, and then over to a competition in Lausanne, Switzerland as well. Enjoy.
1: You know, I was back to work and culture shock. Going I reckon. Back to back to putting up ceilings and you know planing doors putting in screws for a living <laughs> um yeah and, and this that, is the
0: thing for heaps of people right like there's this sense in yeah. which you get professional but you you know so few people can be like 100 percent full-time all the time a professional rollerblader even then right so well, yeah, a lot of people you doing this unless yeah.
1: you're getting paid yeah. enough and i mean at the time i wasn't yeah. and i don't know if uh if it was there then, or, um, you know, if it's ever quite been there for many other than, you know, a handful of people, yeah. um, we could, I could have afforded to live, but, you know, I wouldn't have been able to afford much. It's and, bizarre but, um, double
0: life then of suddenly being, yeah, going yeah, back to...
1: going from, you know, skating in front of hundreds of people, doing flips and spins and cheers and then getting people come up to me, wow, that's amazing, can you please and do things for me, to dad asking me to, you know, pass the nails yeah <laughs> and uh you know getting up at seven thirty in the morning so i can you know drive to some stranger's house and fix the door and um yeah it was a real downer and um dad saying so you're going into carpentry school and me thinking what are you talking about why would i want to do this <laughs> and um So it it wasn't actually too long and we're still doing uh, lots of demonstrations and things uh, within Australia uh, before I got a a call back from the sponsors saying that because of my last uh, competition win, uh, part of the the National United Skate Series is uh, you get a set of your allocated points for your place and part of winning means that you get automatic entry into the final. So so I got... uh, Offered a, another trip back to the states, so late uh, in '97. Um, got another trip back to LA because um, they were doing the NIST finals on Venice Beach. Awesome. Yeah. So um, back over to the states. Before I knew it, it was only you know a month, and um, and I'm back there, and it's summer again. Because that was the other thing uh, in Australia, it's winter. In America, yeah. it's summer. So, yeah, it's you know, I went from, you know, waking up with ice on the ground to going over to L.A. And it's, you know, it's Hot you're sweating in the middle of the night.
0: The yeah, yeah,
1: it was awesome. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, we, we rock up and same experience go over there with all the guys, all the same guys, because we'd all qualified for this thing. Yeah, uh, on Venice Beach they basically cordoned off the car park we had the better part of the the Venice Beach car park over at Santa Monica Pier uh, to do what we had to do they had a massive street course uh, which we all skated as much as we could and uh, a nice big vert ramp in the middle of it and um, the, the vert didn't go exactly as I had planned um, but I think uh, I think I skated well, and yeah. I had several people who thought I'd skated well. Basically, I went out and did my run as you would expect, uh, but the format they had was that um, they put the seated people uh, in number one to number 20 depending on how many points they had and who they expected to come in what place. And they put um, Renee Holgreen in first and me in 20. So basically, that means that my score, no matter how I went, was going to be against Renee's. And
0: uh, so, so why is that what your score is going to be against his?
1: Yeah, uh, they basically had uh, one against 20. It was, uh, I can't remember exactly. I'm sorry if I've I've, uh, put it in the wrong way. Uh, but basically um it was a knockout where they put one person against another person. Oh, ah, okay, sure you've that, seen that, those, those yeah, yeah, you, like a seeding put, sort of thing. Yeah, 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 so, yeah so they've seeded meant, us yep. into um, yeah. into competitions against head to head against individuals. Yep. Yep. And um you know René Rene really didn't have a great run and uh he came up to me uh after the competition and uh or oh, after the the run and apologized to me cuz uh he had an inkling as to what was going to happen, and uh, as it so happens, I was knocked out, and I think I ended up being uh, seated in eighteenth or, or something in the end because I was knocked out in that first round. And like, um, I was happy to be there as a kid, mm. you know. Mm. Um, you know, I got a couple of bucks for for entering. And um, same sort of thing, just being there with all these massive people who, you know, I considered stars and uh, being able to turn some of them into friends was just this huge opportunity. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I I couldn't pay for it. I've thought, you know, many times since, like, and spoken to people about how you would go about doing that sort of thing. It's something that you can't pay to have happen. You know, no matter what, um, other than you know, very very few people would be able to go somewhere and have hundreds of people cheer for them for no other reason for than them just doing what they wanted to do, and yeah, um, yeah, it was very very cool, and uh, yeah, once again, I was uh, back at home in the in the winter. And, uh, yeah, uh, the end of, or, you know, it was, that was July, uh, coming into July 1997 and, uh, got another phone call from Rosas and they wanted me to go to Switzerland. It was time to hit Lausanne and I'd seen Mm Lausanne in, um, in a couple of videos and I was pumped. So went out there, uh, jumped on a plane and, uh, this time had my, my good buddy Tim Ward with me most of the way uh, yep. flew all the way to to Europe which is a hell of a trip if anyone's done it uh, on yeah. a plane from Australia it's not fun 21 odd hours and uh, you know flew into Geneva and suddenly I'm in a different place where people are speaking a different language and you know we caught a, a train over to Lausanne and everyone's speaking French and, uh, you know, the airport's lost my bag, so I don't have any luggage, oh, no. I've got whatever I've got in my pockets, and I've got a hotel room, but that's about it, and, um, you know, so and your I,
0: skates are the luggage
1: that's yeah, been lost? Yeah, they're somewhere, somewhere, <laughs> they couldn't tell me where, but I told them where my hotel was, so I had my fingers yeah. crossed, and, um, you know, day one, I didn't really need my skates, I wasn't competing that day, but, um... Yeah, we, uh, we rock up to the, the competition and there's thousands of people there. It was amazing. Um, and, yeah, I was so pumped. Uh, we, we were late in the afternoon on the first day, so couldn't do too much anyway, but I was there with Tim and we were mucking around and he was skating on the vert, this massive vert with, you know, 50-odd people all trying to use it at the same time. It was insane. Was there any
0: standard to sort of um, the size of ramps in these vert competitions? Was there a standard sort of any of that, or did each of them different in each competition you're in?
1: They were very different. Everyone was yeah. definitely different. Um, generally uh, – so It's funny. There was um,
0: some guy on, um, I don't know, one of the Australian rollerblading Facebook pages posted a thing of him getting into the Guinness Book of Records for doing a double backflip or something like this. And um, like they always do with those TV shows, they're sort of camping up the whole process and making it seem like a big deal and all this kind of stuff. And at one point, the um, the host goes, "So we've had our judges check your skates to be sure that they uh, fit regulations <laughs> or something <laughs> like, like this." And it's just uh, what what regulate you know because that's the that's the thing, right? Ian? do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there are people out there pulling double backflips on non-regulation inline skates.
1: That's ridiculous. A total- doesn't count. Totally doesn't count. They should be ashamed of themselves. I know. it doesn't How, count they, at all. Oh, yeah. how do they sleep at night? Um, uh, yeah, so every, every ramp, you
0: had some that were shorter, some that were much taller, tighter, not so tight, all those sorts of things.
1: That Next is was, exactly yep. right. Most of them were pretty similar um, in the 11- yep. to 12-foot range. One thing mm-hmm. about Europe is all the ramps there were massive they were minimum 13 foot and they all had vert extensions and some of them were 14, yeah. 15 feet. And Whoa. once you sort of start to get up into that range, they become very, very big. It takes a long time. Like there's an extra moment of time where I don't know if it's an extra breath or something you're doing when you're rolling in that you're going, this is going to be different. And you're in the air for that little bit longer time. And, mm. um, it's a flip out. Lausanne was absolutely amazing. A beautiful town, beautiful old town built on the side of a hill that um, everybody rides on these little motorized, uh, you know, uh, little scooters. <laughs> no one's yeah. No one's driving cars because uh, everyone's kicking around on scooters and they all love the rollerbladers except for the fact that I was speaking English. most of the people if you go up to a shopkeeper and ask for something and you can't speak French they really didn't want to know much about me Um, except for the fact that I had rollerblades on and I think they forgive most of it yeah it was a bit tough at times definitely um but my my skates showed up on the second day which was cool um I Actually,
0: I'm just intrigued to go back to these yeah. huge ramps. This is of 14, 15 foot. Is, is, are there, do you reckon in the end there are any benefits of having a ramp that much bigger? Do you, I mean, like the height, you end up getting like a noticeable amount of height. Is that the main benefit of difference? Are there other things where you go?
1: I think it does. Actually, I think it is. Yeah. Um, you do need yeah. larger wheels uh, because you start to get into where, you know, you're here and it's, it's true, I think, to some extent, that smaller wheels give you greater acceleration. I mean, it's all kind of theoretical. Smaller is Mm. greater acceleration. Larger is greater top speed. Mm. But once you get into the larger ramps, um, as long as you have a decent bearing, your acceleration is going to come from the gravity pulling you. And you really need that higher top speed to be able to get higher. So there were guys there who were uh, ex-quad skaters skating crabby. So, you know, one foot pointed in either direction um mm. that were getting 10 and 12 foot doing these side flip things that i had never seen before it was a trip uh all running like 72 mil wheels
0: yeah like wow. all yeah.
1: basically riding wreck skates they could not grind to save themselves so they weren't you know about to win any competitions for the the current climate but um But it was really interesting to see. And um, there were several places uh, in Lausanne where they had these big concrete in-ground bowls and there was an indoor skate park as well. And they all had these really big ramps. And um, it was very, very cool. Uh, Something to behold. And the amount of people that were really there cheering you on, um, it was cool. The atmosphere was phenomenal and um it showed by the people who were there that was the the first time that i really met you know i got to to sit down and chat to chris edwards got to talk to arlo eisenberg and uh, john julio um yeah. and actually sitting down and spending time with them met dawn everett really cool chick uh, lots of other uh rollerbladers that you know i was seeing in deep bread and on all the vgs um very very cool. Uh, from memory, I did okay. Was there uh, with Sam Fogarty, and uh, we ended up getting a, a similar place. I think we we're in the, the low teens. Sorry, I can't remember. You know the if you can find the um, the old placings from nineteen ninety seven mm-hmm. Lausanne, uh, I'll give it to you. You can you can work out exactly where we got. Yep, uh, but uh, yep, yeah, Manuel was there doing his big sevens, and Tom Fry was skating, and it was it was very very cool. Um, Tom was basically a local; he'd been there lots of times before. He um, <clears throat> he took us around all the back streets and showed us all the street skating spots. Yep, it was very interesting, and um, <coughs> um, I I left that uh, competition. Uh, feeling very tired and needing a rest and um, I remember jumping on the plane and thinking I just want to sleep and um, having this uh, young uh, European lady sit down next to me and start talking about her her first trip to Australia and how she's really excited and then of course having to listen to that for the next 20 hours. Uh, was, yeah, we got to the point where, you know, it was obvious we were getting off the plane and she was starting to hint at, you know, she wanted to get contact details. And I'm like, dude, probably not. She seemed older than me. And I was, yeah, anyway, uh, freaking out. (laughs) And that was an interesting experience on a plane. Um, And I learnt something that day as well uh, because people had warned me beforehand uh, that uh, because we weren't really insured to skate overseas, you know it was dangerous and all that sort of stuff, um, and we didn't really have travel insurance or anything like that mm. um, if we were <coughs> uh, if we were stopped by the the police or you know border security just we weren't sure what to do and I found out uh, that day that the worst possible thing that you can say is that somebody else bought your ticket uh, for your international flight and you couldn't tell them whose name it was. That's a very bad thing to say when you land on an international flight. Um, So I got to witness my bags being pulled apart and strewn across several 20-foot tables and then all of my clothes bar my underwear being removed and uh, searched quite intimately... Um, just because you know they obviously thought I was some sort of drug dealer that someone had purchased a ticket for me and I was muling for them or something, so yeah, if someone asks you who bought your ticket, say you did, and you're on a holiday, <laughs> <laughs> it's much much easier
0: hot tip,
1: yeah, definitely, uh, but thus ends the the big year uh for yeah. Me. It was uh, something that, um, that I will definitely take with me and I have so many memories and I wish that, uh, you know, cameras and recording things were, um, were better. I know I have several, um, you know, film uh, cartridges around somewhere with things on them, but, uh, yeah, it's really hard to come across any sort of record of, um, of this time in my life. It's annoying. uh, Yeah, it's so sad uh, thinking about it, being able to sort of thinking Mm. now retrospectively uh, with my kids going, yeah, you know, your dad did this and this, (coughs) and they're like, cool, show me. I said, well, (laughs) uh, (laughs) kind of can. Here's a couple of clips in a video with 500 other people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're doing it though, aren't you? um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's it's awesome and um, yeah I, I would encourage anybody in the same position to do exactly it and I would do it again and other than things that you know you would change to try and make it um, better, seeing a few more things, definitely if anyone's going overseas to do anything, do all the tourist stuff, see all the things don't put it off yeah. because you couldn't be bothered or because you're tired, just go and do it because you might not get to go back and do it again <laughs> yeah and um you know, or you might go back in a different capacity and it's not quite the same,
0: yep yep, man, wow, that's um I mean that's uh, we've we've been going now for well over an hour, but I mean that's that's great that's a it's an <laughs> awesome uh, <laughs> Awesome story. And it's nice getting it, and it's nice that you've taken the time to think it through so you can put the colour of the little bits and pieces, do you know what I mean? Like often the, the thing I was, as we are coming into this Skype, I was going, it's going to be cool to hear it, but, I, you know, I was hoping that we could do some of that so that it didn't just become, um, oh, there were lots of competitions in lots of places with lots lot of people. You know, yeah. you kind of need to know about the bonfire outside, the in the woods outside of Woodward, and need to know about the siege outside the hotel <laughs> in L.A. You know, that that, that kind of was cool. cool. Yeah, so, well, yeah you know, Those are the,
1: the little the, things that you, you remember. The yeah. And, yeah, yeah they're sure. very cool. And there's more, but, you know, you don't want to bang on too much as well.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Everyone's experience <laughs> we'll sh- is different. Should we finish it there for tonight? Happy to. Awesome, man. Well,
0: nice to, again, get get to know you through this whole process and hearing your whole story. And, um, I mean, this is now going into time, you know, the, the black spot for me when I stopped skating, you know, coming to 97. So it's, it's interesting just sort of, you know, getting, getting into that world as well. So it'll be cool to hear the next instalment when we do that soon.
1: Yeah. Yes, the next instalment starts to get darker. <laughs>
0: uh...
1: Yes. <laughs> takes its it starts to take away your innocence and it's that um it's that move from um from amateur to professional that really starts making the difference yeah and that's where you know you want to um to encourage the kids but also for them to be wary and uh and be careful and stay protected
0: yeah yeah yeah. The Rollerblading Podcast is produced by Mikey Lynch, theme music by Edifice Architect. You can find us on Facebook and SoundCloud or subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you have any questions, comments, requests or podcast contributions, please message us on Facebook. To support the podcast, find us on Patreon and pledge a once-off or regular contribution. Even just two bucks a month, every little bit helps. See you later.